Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello. Hello to B. Birdsong. Hello. So nice to be here with you, Mel. It's, well, you know, I am super honored. Um, you are a, a hero of mine. Uh, can I say hero or like what was the gender or heroine or whatever? I think um, hero is gender neutral, but I don't think I quite deserve the title. <laughs> no, you do, because the, I, I teach beginners and uh, I teach them two of your books. Uh, and um, I think you're terrific. I'm excited. So yeah. for everybody who doesn't know, my name is Mel Rosenberg. I am the host of the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network. And today's interview is with mega children's author, B. Birdsong. B, welcome. Yay, thank you so much. What a great welcome. Well, you deserve it. Okay, so uh, everybody now wants to know why you deserve it. So do, this is a good time to wave your, um, your uh, book. You have yeah. several. So this is my first book. This was my debut, I Will Be Fierce. And it's illustrated by Nidhi Chinani. And it's about um, a little girl who goes through her day and um, she is pretending to herself like she's in a fairy tale, like she's a knight on a quest and um, she has to be brave and, and fierce and make it through her day. And this, this was my first image, I'll show you. In my head, when I first thought of the story, this was the first image I had in my head of the school bus with all the kids' heads hanging out the windows. And it says, I will charge the many-headed serpent. And I just thought, you know, it takes as much courage for some kids, for a lot of kids, to go to school and make it through the day as it would for a heroic knight to go on a quest. Uh, so that is, I will be fierce. One of my favorite children's books. Oh, thank and you. But, but, you know, we'll talk about that book because I have some, uh, some questions that I've been meaning to ask you. And now you're on the show. You're a captive uh, interviewee. Uh, and uh, the book we're going to focus on more today uh-huh. is your newer one. Uh, you have several in between. And this one is called How to Spot a Best Friend. Yes, there is How to Spot a Best Friend. And this one is illustrated by Lucy Fleming. And um, it's about the first day of school and a little girl tells her mother, I'm gonna find a best friend. I know how to spot one. And her mother says it might not be that easy. And she says, no, no, this is, this is how you do it. And so it goes through and we talk about um, all the different ways to tell if, is it a friend or is it a best friend? So. Okay, this is a good, yeah. This, I, I would ask you to read the beginning of the book. Oh, okay, yes. And show a few spreads because it's, uh, it's wonderful. Sure. So how to spot a best friend. Today, I will find a best friend, I announce. It's only the first day of school, Mama says. Finding a best friend might take a while. Sometimes Mama needs me to explain things. I can spot a best friend like that, 
I snap my fingers. How, she asks. A friend lends you a crayon. A best friend lends you a brand new, extra sharp green crayon, even if you're drawing a tree with 3,811 green leaves. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get back to this uh, wonderful book in a minute. Um, you also have a book about a, a kid whose first word is poop. Yes, um, <laughs> Sam. Sam's first word. <laughs> and Sam is uh, has lots of family who is waiting and waiting. They're all waiting. Is she going to say mama? Is she going to say papa? Is she going to say nana? But no, she has a situation going on and she says poop. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be flibber to gibbet or something. B, let, let's go back to you, because this show is not only about your writing, your books, and your craft. Uh, before I, I forget, can you mention the uh, the publisher and your agent of the recent book of uh, How to Spot the Best Friend, your agent, your publisher? Sure. My agent is Melissa Edwards of Stonesong. And um, How to Spot a Best Friend was published by Rodale Kids, which is um, part of Random House Children's Books. Yes. A wonderful uh, publishers and a wonderful agent. Please ask her whether she wants to be on the show. I've started interviewing agents. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll ask her because she does do interviews a lot. Great. Okay. It'll be great. And uh, now is the uh, less comfortable part where I'm going to ask you to talk about you. Um, tell us about you since the moment you were born, e even <laughs> before, if you, if you choose to. Um, well, I was, uh, I was just the kid who loved to read. I've always loved books. And um, I just, I was very, very shy. And I was the kid who wouldn't raise my hand in school, even if I knew the answer. And I wouldn't volunteer to be line leader or to be in the class play or, you know, any of that, even though maybe I wanted to be the line leader, but I wouldn't volunteer because I didn't want to draw attention to myself. But when I was reading, that was where I felt at home and safe and peaceful. And, um, you know, I found so many friends through book characters. And so the books I write now are, um, a lot of them are for the kid that I was, the books that I would have loved to have. Be you, you've preempted my, uh, you've preempted my uh, question because I always challenge writers for five-year-olds that they are essentially writing <laughs> to their five-year-old self and you came out and said it without being asked even yes yes i think so, i think we do we write you know with some we're also writing maybe with our own children in mind or grandchildren um you know or, or people we know nieces and nephews but um but i think essentially at the core of it a lot of us are writing for ourselves for the kids we were and the books that we wished we'd had. I mean, I certainly wasn't fierce as a kid. <laughs> so I'm but perhaps to you, 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 you wished you were. Yes, absolutely. I wished I was. So, so um, let's say uh, we're not going to let you off the hook uh, that easily. You're from a different generation. I'm from the generation of the Bible. You're much younger. Uh, what the picture books did you grow up on? Well, I'm not sure I'm that much younger. <laughs> You have to trust me. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, when I was growing up, one of my favorites was um, The Monster at the End of This Book with Grover. And um, that was the first time I'd seen that kind of meta, you know, picture book. I 
you know, it was probably one of the first ones that had ever been published. And that really fast, I mean, it was hilarious, of course, I laughed every time, but it was fascinating to me because that book was the first time that I thought about who was writing it, that there were people who created these books and with an intention, a wow. purpose to them. And this author, John Stone is the author, and he wanted to make me laugh, you know, and, and I made that connection that this could actually be a job and there are people <laughs> people doing this. You know? <laughs> all, all, and all this at the age of five. Yeah, well, five or six, somewhere in there, yes. And, um, and another book that I always loved, of course, is uh, Where the Wild Things Are by Rory Sendak. And that one um, changed my perception too, but not until I was much older. When I was in college, I heard about that it used to, that it was originally where the wild horses are and Sendak couldn't draw horses. So he simply changed it to wild things instead of horses. And um, that really affected my mindset too, because people, a lot of people in publishing talk about keep going, keep going. You just have to keep going and you're going to make it. And I do believe that's true. Keep going. Of course, it takes a lot. Okay, of we're, 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 we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Oh, when did okay. You, okay. You're still five years old. Um, you went to school. <laughs> when, did, when did you start writing? When did you realize you had a gift for, uh, for writing? Um, for craft? Not until much later. I mean, I think I thought about writing a lot as a kid. And I maybe I was writing a lot of stories in my head. Um, but I never really wrote down stories until much, much later when I was in my 30s. And, um, and I had a child of my own. And I was writing little stories for him. And, um, and I didn't think about doing anything with them until even much later and when I was in my 40s. <laughs> so if you're the, that there's a long time there of growing up where I was a reader, but not not truly a writer. Okay, you went to high school. Were you shy in high school? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then you went to uh, college? And then I went to college at the University of Miami. You went to university and you were also shy. And I was also shy, yes. Are you shy now? I am. I am really. I um, One thing that helps me to not be shy is um, knowing that everyone else is shy too. That's something that I didn't know, you know, as a kid. But most people are shy or, or insecure about something or nervous in a new situation. And um, so even though I do still feel shy, like if I, I was just um, a week ago at a, um, an SCBWI conference, and um, I already knew a lot of people there, which was great, but it's still hard for me to go up to new people and say, hi, I'm Bee Birdsong, how are you? It's nice to meet you. Um, but it helps to know that maybe they're feeling that way too. Wonderful. So um, what, what did you study in university? Um, I double majored in English literature and elementary education. Okay, and then you became a teacher. And then I became a teacher, yes. And I loved and teaching. Who did and of you course, teach? I taught kindergarten. And um, of course, picture books were hugely important to my curriculum. <laughs> and then um, I stopped teaching when I became a mom. And I was a stay-at-home mom for a while. And picture books, again, hugely important to my day, right, as a stay-at-home mom. 
And um, when I went back to work, instead of going back into the classroom, I became a writer for the education market. And I was uh, writing um, textbooks and how, lesson plans. How, how did that happen? How did that happen? Um, well, I was, I was kind of intentional about that, that I, I wanted a job. Um, my son was about 11 or 12, and I wanted a job where I was working again, um, but I could still be very flexible for him. You know, I could still attend every cross-country meet and, you know, whatever else I needed to do for him. Um, so I thought, what can I do with the degree that I have and the, you know, the skills that I have that would still allow that? And being a teacher, while absolutely amazing and I love being in the classroom, is not the most flexible job in the, in the world. Um, so I started looking into what else I could do. And, um, and I, and I, uh, you know, put, sent in my resume for a couple of freelance jobs. And then very quickly, I built up um, a client list because uh, education writers are apparently very difficult to find, and there's a huge demand for them. Uh, so that that was great. And I did that for 10 years. It's good to know that there's a, a demand for something. Yeah, yes. <laughs> So um, all of you out there, including me, sign up to become an educational writer. <laughs> B will help us. Will you help us, B? Sure, but I'm. I've been. Uh, I haven't. I haven't been writing for the education market for a few years now, and it, which means that you won't be competing with us. So I won't be competing, but but things might have shifted and changed a little bit. <laughs> okay, um, and uh, and so you started writing for the educational market. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then what happened? So the educate writing for the educational market is was hugely important as far as training me to be a picture book author, because a lot of times I was writing nonfiction or, you know, about something, but they give you very um, specific parameters. You have 500 characters, 500 characters and spaces to write, to explain this idea to eight year olds or whatever it might be. And so, wow, that's really not, you know, if you think 500 words is hard, 500 characters, 500 letters and punctuation marks and spaces. And um, so if I could do that, <laughs> then I could certainly tell a story in, in 500 words or less. Um, so that doing that, I was writing for the education market for about five or six years before I ever wrote a picture book. And um, it really had trained me to think that way. How can I say what I want to say in the in the least amount of text, um, you know, only what's needed, only what belongs on the page. And um, yeah, so that that was really helpful to me. And then what happened? I'm just going to keep saying this. And then what yeah, happened? Yes. And then I was um, and then I had an idea for a middle grade novel for a fantasy. And um, and I was very excited about it, but also not at all thinking about it as a career. You know, I was just like, oh, this would be fun to do, you know, as a hobby. And so um, I started writing my middle grade novel and I went to a couple of uh, workshops about writing so that I could uh, learn about that type of writing. And I met some uh, very lovely writers in my area and one of them invited me to join her critique group. So I did and I, was submitting my 10 pages or chapter or whatever of my middle grade novel. And then somewhere along the line, it was in 2016, I had an idea for a picture book. And that 
became my second published book, that first manuscript I wrote, Sam's First Word. And I wrote that story and um, I took it to a critique group and they, and they thought it was really funny and they were like, why, are, why aren't you writing picture books? And I was like, no, no, this is, I'm a, I'm a middle grade author. This is what I write. I, you know, this is, I'm just gonna keep going and finish my novel. And they were like, okay. So then I wrote a couple more. And my third manuscript that I brought to the group that I wrote and brought was, I will be fierce. And uh, my critique partners said, if you do not send this out, we are gonna steal it and send it out for you because this is ridiculous. You're a picture book author. And um, again, remember the shy and insecure child that I was, and I was still feeling that way inside. And uh, I, it really took them pushing me hard, you know, to send it out or else I would have just, I'd probably still be trying to finish my middle grade novel. You know, I'd just be puttering along, doing it for fun. And they were like, you have to do this. You have to do this. So I did send it out. <laughs> so uh, who did you send it to? So um, uh, my agent is Melissa Edwards, and she's actually the first letter, the first person I sent. She was the query letter I sent. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hold on hold on this doesn't happen you sent one query letter to melissa edwards yeah well i sent four but she was the first one and then a few days later i sent three more because you know you have to send a few yeah. and um about yeah <laughs> and about two weeks after i had sent melissa's letter or email um of course, with a picture book, as you know, Mel, you send the whole text within the body of the query. And she sent me an email and said, I love this. Want to hop on a call? And I was like, was did you, <laughs> what? Did you, did, B, did you know at the time that the chance of this happening is about one in 5,000? Oh, goodness. No, I don't think I did. I don't, I don't, I now, mean, now I. Now you do. Yeah, I, I, um. I don't think I did. And when she sent me that email, I really wasn't even thinking that it was an offer of representation necessarily. I thought, oh, she wants to maybe talk to me about the changes that need to be made or, you know, if I'm willing to revise or I don't know what I was thinking that it was going to be. But I maybe she wanted to talk to you about the weather. Yeah. Yes. I don't know what I thought, but I we arranged the call and I got on a call and um, Melissa's obviously wonderful. and. Um, she was so excited about this manuscript, um, but she did say to me, I've never represented a picture book author. I have represented chapter books and up all the way through adults, but I've never represented a picture book author. And so I'll tell you in a minute why I queried her if she didn't represent picture book authors. But um, so she said, you- I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna sit here and smile. You, you, yeah. <laughs> you, ask, you ask yourself the questions, you answer the questions. And that's fine with me. I have coffee to drink. I'm okay. <laughs> so I said to um, I said to her, she's saying to me, you would be taking a big chance on me, you know, so I would understand if you want to go with someone else. And I said, Melissa, I'm brand new too, you know, to this. I'm not, I, I have not been published. I would be brand new. Let's do it together. Let's work. Let's journey together as brand new author and um, agent. Let's, let's be fierce together. Yes. 
yes. And so that that's we signed to. I mean, of course, I had to go back to the other three agents that I'd also sent to and say, hey, by the way, I have an offer, you know, all of that. But eventually I signed with Melissa. And um, I really, it's truly, you know, just luck and a blessing that I'm with Melissa because she's the perfect agent for me. And I didn't know enough to have chosen her, um, you know, to, to know going in necessarily that she was going I'll, to I'll, I'll, I'll have to get her side of the story here. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this, this is too good to be true. Um, so I Will Be Fierce is a terrific book. Um, and uh, what I wonder, first of all, I hope you're going to agree to send me your uh, gold-plated um, query letter. Uh, so oh. <laughs> I, I won't share it with anybody. There's some pixie dust on that one. Um, and also, one of the things I was wondering, um, you know, you have the text, and this is one of the books uh, that usually are done by author illustrators, mm -hmm. because the text and the, and the artwork you know, um, today I'm going to face the multi-headed Hydra mm -hmm. and it's a bus full of kids. Uh, and then um, today I'm going to face my demons and it's actually a couple of dogs on a leash. Um, it's wonderful. Did you have art notes for every line of the book? I did. I did. I had an art note for every single line. And again, it's what you don't know, right? I had never heard that you can't, you, you know, don't have too many art notes. It's just like, I didn't know any better. <laughs> there, there's a lesson here. But you see, the, the other thing is, okay, so you, know, you could say uh, I was lucky. Of course, in retrospect, you weren't because uh, you won awards and, and, and your book has been appeared all over the place. Uh, and as you know, I saw a copy of How to Spot Your Best Friend in a um, shop here in Tel Aviv. Oh, I'm so in, excited about that. In in Hebrew. I'm so excited. How to spot a best friend. So the only foreign edition that I have a copy of is the French. And this is what it looks like, which is interesting because it's a different cover. I can show you. So the English and the French. Does the it's Hebrew also, one have also, the original cover? Yes, it's, I think so. It's also a different uh, uh, meaning. Les meilleurs amis. It's the best friends. Yes. Yeah. And um, and so I'm I I did take French in high school and college, but I yeah. I'm not sure um, how much the rest of the text might be, you know, slightly different. But I, I, I hope to I, I hope to come to uh, the SCBWI in New York in February. Oh, fine. And if you're coming, then bring the French, and I will bring the Hebrew. Oh, how wonderful! That would I'm going to go. Out, I'm going to go out and buy your book in Hebrew so that you'll have a copy. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. I'm hoping eventually to get copies because uh, I we have an Estonian um, edition and um, there's one being published in Slovakia. So I'm hoping to eventually get copies of all of them. I, I, I'm going to be in Estonia in a couple of years. So if nobody brings you a book, I'll bring you from Estonia also. Oh, thank you, Mel. I, I'm going to I'm going to go broke bringing you translated books, you know. <laughs> Listen, quit, I, I would PayPal you the money. <laughs> quit, quit being so damn successful. Okay, so so um, now we're coming on to some uh, serious philosophical questions. Um, okay, I will be fierce. Is 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 terrific, uh, and um, and I love it. 
How to Spot a Best Friend is also terrific. It's a different kind of book. So I want to ask you uh, now, you said I could ask you anything. Are you a religious person? Yes, I am. I am a religious person. So I Will Be Fierce is less a religious book than How to Spot a Best Friend. Am I right? Um, I guess I hadn't, I don't know. I, I don't, I hadn't necessarily thought about them in those terms. That's um, why you've got Mel. Let's think about them in those terms. Yeah, but what, I, kind of, what kind of a religious person are you? I'm Episcopalian. That, I'm Jewish. That We don't know Episcopalian from, from uh, Greek <laughs> Orthodox. I, um, I, I have a very um, special relationship with God. And I, I do think actually that um, I Will Be Fierce could be read in, in, in a, if you're looking at it from a religious perspective, um, it could be read that way also because um you know god gives us courage and um and and we need him to help us help us through life yea um, though i walk through the valley of the shadow yes. of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me yes. okay but i yeah but i didn't read that in and i will be fierce i read no, that and you don't need as, to it could be read no, any but, way you but, want yeah but 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 how to spot a best friend um, I will tell you, you're you're really holding humanity <laughs> to a very high level here. <laughs> you want do you want to read a, a little bit more from the book so people will have an inkling? Oh, by the way, just run out and buy B's books for Pete's sake. Okay, <laughs> they're wonderful. So we and there are many there are many many strange and esoteric languages like Estonian and Hebrew. Yes, any language you want, right? And, and French, yeah. Um, so we had talked about the best friend lending you a crayon, a mm -hmm. friend sits next to you when it's time for a story, a best friend holds your hand during the scary parts. Okay, B, that I can go with, but, but the, the ones of, um, of self-sacrifice that are, you know, like the 3,768 crayons, but I love your sense of humor. Um, it, the, you're holding, uh, you're holding people to a very high level of behavior here. Um, aren't you? Yes, I guess I am. But you know, this is, um, if I'm looking, so like this one, it says a friend plays ball with you, a best friend picks you to be on her team, even if you've never played before. And yeah, I think a lot of kids yeah. can relate to that. Who wants to be picked last or, you know, not yeah. picked? Okay, maybe this is an Episcopalian thing. Um, you know, growing up as a Jewish kid in Ottawa, I had really good friends, but, you know, nobody would pick me to be first on the football team just because they were my very best friend. Um, so I, I, I think that this is actually something terrific because um, you're, you're holding the, the, the kids and the parents. Mm -hmm. So it's like, in a sense, you know, the, the child is, is chastising the mother almost. See, this is how people should behave yes. in our world. You know, yes. learn learn from a five-year-old. I'll <laughs> show you how to spot a best friend just like that. So maybe, mommy, you can do the same. Yes. Yes, I think why not? Why we want we want to be best friends, don't we? Doesn't doesn't every kid want to know how to be a best friend, to have a best friend? But then at the end we find out 
the best way to spot a best friend is to be one too. So you, you have, it's not just to, you know, that you need someone to do all these things for you. You have to make sure you're doing it for them too. And, and of course, uh, both of these books wrap around and come back to the beginning. Uh, I will be fierce uh, after a day of fighting dragons and demons and hydras. Um, she says, what does she say at the end? I know, but I yes. want to And then she says, and then I will rest for tomorrow. I will be fierce again. Exactly. <laughs> And here also in the how to spot the best friend, um, and the best way, of course, is is, is to be one. Um, I uh, I love these books, uh, and you're working on new ones. Some of which you can talk about, and some of which you cannot. Yes, yes, I have um, I have five more books on the way, and um, the two that are coming out next year have been announced and I can talk about them. And in fact, I'm doing a cover reveal for my June book tomorrow. I'm doing the cover reveal tomorrow. Which one? Uh, so I'm excited. It's called Boop. And um, that one is with um, HarperCollins Children's Books. And the illustrator is Lindsay Hunter, who is amazing. And I'm super excited because I've seen uh, the cover. I've seen the full art. And um, I just, I can't even wait. It's, it's so adorable. Lindsay's art is so amazing. And um, so I'm super excited about that. It's, it's about, um, it's a very interactive book asking the child to go through and boop the snoots of all the dogs in the book. And um, so I'm excited about that one. That one's coming out June 20th of next year. And then in the fall of next year, oh, I'll, have... uh, I'd like to interview you again next year. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. If, the, if this hasn't been uh, too painful for you. No, <laughs> not at all. I would love it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to interview you with the other one that I have more of an interest. Mm -hmm. With uh, is... in the fall, it's called Goat is the Goat. And um, it's about goat who lives on a farm and is um, over here is a conversation between two chickens. Um, they're talking about a bull who's being, you know, shown at the county fair and they say, oh, he's the goat, the greatest of all time. But goat thinks, hey, wait a minute, I'm the goat. Am I the greatest of all time? Let me, let me try to figure this out. Why am I the greatest? What do I have that's special? And so he goes through, through his day looking for the different ways. He's not faster than horse. He's not stronger than ram. How, what, what's special about him? And that one is going to be illustrated by Kelly Murphy. And um, so I'm super excited about that one. And it's coming out from Nancy Paulson Books. Terrific. And I'm very happy uh, for you, even though uh, you ruined the manuscript that I was writing <laughs> that was very similar. Uh, but I'm going to be very uh, Christian and, uh, and say it's a good thing. Maybe we'll be best friends. Yes, we should be best friends. <laughs> no, we, we are. I, I can spot you from, from, from a distance. So Goat is a Goat. So, so when Goat is a Goat comes out, let's, uh, let's have another, uh, who knows, perhaps I'll have sold uh, my goat story, uh, which I had to change altogether because of you. But <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good yeah. thing. Um, so uh, I, I, you're such a generous person. Um, what... You've had such a stellar and short career. You know, I woke up one morning, 
kid was grown. I took a pen. I wrote a story. I sent it to somebody. He, she liked it. She found the pop. Like, like this is like you know having a baby in three days. I don't know. Uh, you, <laughs> and it's not just luck. I, there, luck is always a factor, but but basically, yeah. um, anybody looking at your writing can see that you are stellar. Um, so you. what 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 advice do you have uh, for writers on the way, knowing that only one in a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand becomes a traditionally published author. So how do you take that? What do you say to people? So um, I think the first thing you need to do is to read a hundred books that a hundred picture books that were published in the last two or three years, because that's the number one thing I see with new writers is that they're like, but look at this Dr. Seuss book. And I'm like, yeah, it was published in 1950. You know, it's... <laughs> You need to move forward and read what's being published right now, right? So that's the first thing. And um, then the next thing would be the idea itself has to have a hook and it has to have heart. So um, the heart of it, of course, is the universal emotion that you're speaking to. We all want to have friends. We all want to be loved and wanted and have good relationships in our life. So that's that. Um, but the hook has to be, how is this different than any other friendship book? Or how is this different than any other first day of school book? What's different about it? And that's your hook. So if you're writing, it can, it can be a, a very familiar situation. I, you know, a baby saying her first word, it's the first day of school. It can be very familiar, but it has to have something different. Think about, um, we Don't Eat Our Classmates by Ryan Higgins, right? So, oh, very, very, you know, Penelope gets up and she gets her lunchbox and she goes to school. This is a very ordinary book and she has to learn to get along. But, oh, by the way, she's a dinosaur and all the other classmates are children and she keeps trying to eat them. So that's that's the hook. That's the Be, because, because, because children are delicious. Because children are delicious. That's right. I love that book. So, you know, that... What is your twist that is going to give it a hook and make it stand out from, as you said, the 5,000 other, right, uh, manuscripts in the slush pile and, um, and make an agent or an editor or an agent and then an editor say, yes, I have to have this book. Incredible. So, but let's say that I agree with you. And of course I do. Um, where do the ideas come from? You, you know, um, there's so many books and courses. Uh, and and uh, my favorite children's books also have these, uh, these twists, right? Where do the yeah. twists come from? Where do you get your twist? Where do you twist and shout be? <laughs> so do you I remember, uh, do you remember the moment that you get an idea? Sometimes I remember it and sometimes I don't um, for certain books. So with Goat is the Goat, I do remember exactly because I was petting my dog and his name is Bilbo. And- um, Bilbo? Uh, Bilbo, like Bilbo Baggins from The Hobbit. Okay. And um, I, my husband had just been telling me some story about an athlete who is being called the goat, the greatest of all time. And I say to my dog, well, that's just silly because everyone knows you're the goat. You're the greatest of all time, I'm saying to my dog. And then just in my head, I thought, well, wouldn't it be funny if a goat was the goat? 
And then that's where the story came in. <laughs> and it turns out that other, other people have the same thoughts. Yes, yes. And when that announced, when that book was announced, I had so many children's authors in my um, comments on Twitter saying, I wrote that, you know, I wrote a book like that. I had that idea, um, but you know, they just, that happens. I see books announced all the time where I was like, oh, I, I had that idea and I just didn't write it yet. Or, or I wrote it and I just hadn't sent it to my agent yet. And, and then, you know, someone else did it first. So <laughs> that happens a lot. It does happen. Um, and uh, any other comments um, for people who are in a rut? Because you, maybe you're not the right person to ask, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, I have a book coming out in Israel um, next year, but I've been rejected in the States, oh, I don't know, 150 times. Um, what do you tell people who keep getting rejected? Well, first of all, congratulations on your book that is coming out. I'm excited for you. Um, Thank you. With rejections, I think, first of all, you have to know that, um, you know, it, just look at Twitter for a few minutes and, and you'll see that everyone gets rejected. I get rejected, right? So when it sounds like a great story, right? I sent out one query letter, and I signed with an agent, and here's my book. But this book went on submission to 13 different editors. I had six offers. That means that seven of them said no. And all of my stories, all of my books that turned into deals have had multiple editors saying no to them also. They had at least one who said yes, but they've had multiple editors. You know, the majority of the editors said no. So a lot of times it's not your story right? It's, it's because the publishing house already has a book that's too similar and they don't want it to compete. It's that it just doesn't connect with that particular agent or editor. It could be all kinds of reasons that have nothing to do with the quality of your writing. So the, of course, the first thing is make sure the quality of your writing is up to par, right? So you go to critique group and you have other people read it. It's a terrible thing to sit alone and, and you're the only one who's ever read it and then think, oh, this is ready to go. You have to give feedback and be willing to um, listen, not always implement, but listen to other people's suggestions about your writing. So that's the first thing. Make sure it's the very best. A lot of people rush into querying, oh, this must be ready to go. Um, you know, I wrote it yesterday. Let's send it out. Uh, so take your time. Make sure it's ready. I will be fierce. Yes. <laughs> but I then after submit. that, after that, after you're sure, you know, you've after your critique group says you have to send this out or we're gonna steal it, right? Like mine did. Then just keep, just keep sending it out because there will be plenty of agents who love it, but they can't take it on for whatever reason. And you just have to connect with the right one. I, if you were to send a book that sounded like it was written by me to my agent, she would say no, because she already has a B bird song. And she doesn't want another client who's going to go out to all the same editors and compete with me. So you just have to find um, that one agent who doesn't have, who maybe has clients similar, but not exactly like you. And, um, and, and take chances, which I'll go back to why I queried Melissa in the first place, even though she didn't represent picture book authors. 
take chances on agents because Melissa tweeted. Um, she said, I want any, anything that fits the description. Nevertheless, she persisted. And I don't care what form it takes. That was exactly her tweet. I don't care what form it takes. And I was like, well, that's I will be fierce. You can't say that doesn't fit. And then later that same day, she tweeted, I want something that um, brings me joy. And I thought, well, that's still my book. That's, you know, nevertheless, she persisted and it's joyful. And um, so I just sent it to her. And again, it was like, you don't know what you don't know, right? I Maybe I was foolish to send it to her, uh, not knowing, but I, it I, fit. No, I call this making the right mistakes. Yes. <laughs> So, so B, this has been terrific. And uh, I'm going to ask you afterwards to, to come off and then come back. So we'll just wrap it up. Just you and me. Okay. Everybody else run out and buy <laughs> B. Birdsong's wonderful children's books. So um, I just have one question. Then I'm going to ask you to just read something to finish off. Uh, you talked about Heart and Hook. Mm -hmm. There's a song, Heart and Soul. So Heart and Hook. So you spent like, five or six years writing the hooky stuff. Yes. And then you transition to the hard stuff. You know, well, there's, there's discussion <clears throat> among authors um, to how, to what sense you should be hooky in your writing. When you are writing, you think towards your love, uh, your heart, uh, your unblemished desire to write a good story, or are you saying, this is like a discussion that's ongoing, Hmm, who am I going to query this to? Who is Melissa going to sub it to? Uh, do I have enough hooks here? Um, is this, are people still publishing grandpa books? And for yes. me, that douses my flame. Yes, no, I, I agree with you. And most of the time, well, really all of the time, I, I just write a story. I just write what I want to write. I put it on the page and then I send it to Melissa. And then it's her job. That's her part is she says, Either I love this, it's great, it's got everything we need, let's send it out, or this doesn't have enough of a hook, or I need more of something out of this story, and then it comes back to me again. B, I'm so glad I reached out to you. Yes, I am too. Thank you so much. And that you said yes. <laughs> this has been wonderful. This has been wonderful. Um, and uh, people can see it and they can hear it. And uh, just in closing, I want to, to thank you, B. Birdsong, for this wonderful interview. Um, would you like to read something from one of your books in closing? Sure. What, what should I do? Should I keep reading How to Spot a Best Friend? Whatever you like, dear. This is your interview. <laughs> a friend helps you build a block tower. A best friend helps you build it twice even if she suspects there will be a third time. A friend dazzles you with a magic trick. A best friend whispers ways to make your own magic. A friend invites you to join a game of zombie tag. A best friend lets you be the tagging zombie, even if it's his turn to lurch. A friend swings on the swings with you. A best friend gives you a push. I love that. A friend plays ball with you. A best friend picks you to be on her team, even if you've never played before. 
A friend asks you to join his parade. A best friend asks you to help lead it. A friend claps politely when you win the spelling bee. A best friend is happy you won, even if she really wanted to win too. A friend tells you your shoe is untied. A best friend teaches you how to tie it. A friend listens. A best friend understands, even when you don't say much. And I ask mama, what is it, she asks. You have to be a best friend too. <laughs> Wonderful. So, uh... B Birdsong, this has been uh, terrific. Thanks Thank so much so. for sh for sharing your heart with uh, with my audience, <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to see what your pen and pencil are turning up <laughs> in the coming years. Thanks Thank so you much. so much. So this is Mel Rosenberg for the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network. Thanking B Birdsong. Uh, <laughs> bye bye everybody else, and B come back please, and we'll just wrap up. It's Thank our you. secret tete-a-tete. -tete.